In the U.S., those captured by the beauty and rarity of a total solar eclipse got to see one in 2017 when it traced a path from Oregon to South Carolina wowing crowds of amateur astronomers. This time, U.S. ecliptomaniacs are gearing up for the next opportunity to see one again in 2024, and it's not too early to begin planning. Welcome to Traveling with AAA. I'm your host, Mary Herondine, and today we are packing up to embark on a centuries-old tradition, eclipse chasing. We are joined by award-winning freelance journalist David Swanson. David's written for National Geographic, Traveler, Travel and Leisure, and the Los Angeles Times. He's also authored the book 100 Things to Do in San Diego Before You Die. He's a contributor to Westways and AAA Explorer magazines. He's a self-confessed eclipse chaser, and in 2017 wrote a terrific article in our Westways on his experience witnessing several solar eclipses. David Swanson, thank you for joining us. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. We're really excited about it. Now, I've got to know, what's the thrill of seeing a total solar eclipse, and what makes you so passionate about it? Well, the first thing I'd say is that for many people, uh, many of us think that we've seen an eclipse, and we probably have, um, and that is when you put on the goggles and you can see the moon passing in front of the sun, taking a bite out of the sun, it would seem. Uh, and then the, the, the light around you starts to darken and so forth, and then it passes by. Um, I think many, maybe most of us have witnessed that at some point in our lives. Uh, what I'm talking about is being in the path of totality. So when the moon passes in front of the sun, it actually casts a shadow on the planet. Mm -hmm. This shadow races at a, a speed of thousands of miles an hour across the planet's surface, and if you are within that path, you're going to see something that is quite special. It goes beyond just wearing the glasses. And in fact, actually, when the moon totally eclipses the sun, you don't have to wear the glasses because the sun is no longer glaring at you. And the environment around you becomes quite still. And it's almost as though you've gone into a complete nighttime environment, except that on all sides, 360 degrees around you, the horizon is illuminated. It's like being transferred to another planet for a few minutes. Wow, that that sounds incredible. I actually have chills as you're describing it. Now, I know, I'm okay, so now I'm like most people that you were describing when you started that I've seen one, quote unquote, and I remember being a kid, you know, you've got the glasses on or the box. So Am I looking at then maybe a partial eclipse in those times? Sure, exactly. Um, and partial eclipses happen several times a year. Um, and uh, total solar eclipses happen on average about six times a decade. So roughly every year and a half. Um, it could be as close as a year apart, could be two years apart, but they happen all over the world. And of course, a majority of the planet's surface is actually ocean. So the chances of it hitting land in any particular spot is uh, it is literally a once in a lifetime uh, experience for most of us. If you if you were to live in the same place for your entire life, <laughs> um, occasionally there are places which are bisected by an eclipse path because the eclipse path will be thousands of miles long, but it's only anywhere from 25 to 50 or 60 miles wide. The actual path of that shadow. And so the chances of that uh, coming over your house is uh, relatively slim. It might happen once in your life, might never happen in your lifetime. 
Wow. So for you to have witnessed a few or, or more than a few, you've got to go out and get them. Tell us a little bit about what travel is like to see uh, something this incredible. Sure. Um, the first one I saw was back in 1998. And uh, it was uh, I, I was writing about the Caribbean in particular. And I had a villa rental owner, uh, a villa rental management company, I should say, uh, that was based in Guadalupe who said, you know about the eclipse coming up in 1998. This is about a year in advance and so mm-hmm. forth. Nothing about it. And he said, you know, this is something really special and people are going to really want to come and see it. I started doing some research and I was able to connect with a scientist from NASA named Fred Espinak. And he explained kind of what this was all about and that this eclipse would pass through five different islands in the Caribbean uh, over a period of a few minutes. Um, there were a number of cruise ships that were going to get into the path at sea. Um, but if you were on the island itself and the skies were clear, you would have a very good chance of seeing the total solar eclipse. Well, I wrote about this and I was surprised that there was a huge amount of interest in, uh, this, uh, story from a lot of different newspapers. And I thought, wow, maybe I should go and see this. So I know what I'm talking about next time. So I, I uh, arranged a trip to Antigua in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I went to Shirley Heights, and uh, pretty much all the accommodations on the island were sold out. It was in February, which is kind of their high season, so that's not unusual. But uh, there were a number of people who had specifically gone there to see the eclipse. Maybe a few of them had read my article. (laughs) And um, went to Shirley Heights, which is an elevated position, an elevated uh, mountaintop on the south end of the island. And from way off in the distance, you could see the shadow coming across the sea toward us. It was wow. it was just a phenomenal event. And again, you know, the, the whole timing of the skies start to darken, you know, a good 30 to 40 minutes before the actual totality happens. But um, the, the experience of totality, I think at that point was about two and a half minutes. And it was just one of the most magical experiences I had ever had. And I knew I was hooked. <sighs> Uh, the next eclipse was in 1999, and it was through Europe. There were a number of countries there that were uh, were going to be in the path, but there you had to be a little picky because in Western Europe, over England, France, and so forth, the chances of clear skies were relatively low. And um, it was in August, which isn't a bad time to be in Europe, of course. But as the sun, or excuse me, as the shadow moved east across Europe, and then down into the Middle East the chances for seeing the eclipse became better and better. Um, and it, it really came down to Turkey uh, and uh, Iran as being the two best places to see that one. I really wanted to go to Iran, but I decided that was going to be a little complicated for me. So I ended up uh, booking a trip to uh, Turkey and saw it there. And that was also quite a uh, magical experience. I've seen a couple since then, including the last one that came through the United States, which was in uh, 2017, and um, that was a, a terrific one. I think many Americans got into the uh, habit of looking for eclipses because of that, um, and that was a that was a great one. But we have another one coming up. Yeah, it sounds pretty magical. Now, what's the atmosphere like there? I mean, you mentioned this darkness coming across, and and you can see it, and it's moving so quickly. What's the aura or the the atmosphere with other you know watchers like yourself? Um, well, I mean, you could potentially be in a place where no one else is, um, and and you could be the only person around. 
Uh, I think that that could be a special experience in and of itself. I certainly wouldn't advise against it. But I got to say, if you're in the path and you're in a crowd of people, it's a it's a pretty exciting moment. It's kind of like a touchdown at a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. uh, the people I've heard people scream. Um, people are cheering. It's just a, it's a really exciting event, and the energy from that is, is terrific to be around. It's also interesting because you talk about the atmosphere. Um, it becomes darker, um, mm -hmm. as I mentioned, and the stars start to come out. You, you can usually see uh, the naked eye planets, you know, the five or six planets that are visible to the naked eye will, will, be, uh, will be out. Um, but also the, the air becomes very cool because obviously you know you've lost your sunlight so it's almost like you've gone from two or three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever to eight or nine o'clock in a matter of minutes and so that's a very eerie feeling to have the temperature drop 10 or 15 degrees in a very short period of time and the last thing i would say about the atmosphere is that it's it's kind of indescribable um the best way i can put it is that the colors kind of get sucked out of the environment it's wow. almost like you go into a black and white movie for a few minutes because the sun is what produces a lot of the colors around us from the green of a tree to the blue of the sky and so forth. All of those things start to get uh, desaturated. And so the next thing you know, you're in, um, well, it's almost like a moonlike environment because it's a lot of grays and blacks and whites. Wow. It, you know, I hadn't considered that. Yeah, it's it's the sun uh, that, that gives us that color. So really interesting. Now, what's going to be special about the total eclipse coming up in 2024? Are there, you know, the best places to see it that you would recommend? Absolutely. So the only place you're going to be able to see it is in North America or out over the Atlantic, the, uh, excuse me, the Pacific Ocean. Um, it's a really good eclipse for a couple of reasons. One is the time of year. Um, it's not in the dead of winter. Um, secondly, it's a long eclipse. Um, at its maximum, it's going to be four minutes and 28 seconds, which is a really nice, juicy uh, amount of time to be able to be in the in the path of totality. Uh, that's longer than I've ever been in one. Uh, I think the longest I was in one was about three minutes. Um, and so that's a, that's a pretty choice one. And I think the longest eclipse that's happened in the last century or so was just shy of seven minutes. So four and a half minutes is pretty good. Um, it happens on April 8th. 2024. That's the, uh, the forecast from NASA. And um, it's going to come in, uh, in onto the continent uh, around Mazatlan. In fact, Mazatlan in Mexico is right at the center of the eclipse. So if you were in downtown Mazatlan, around the beach in Mazatlan on that date, you're not going to miss it. <laughs> um, it continues up from there through Mexico. Uh, the maximum totality, the longest, is at the center line at, and at the center of the total path. And that's going to be uh, in the vicinity of, um, of uh, Durango. Um, and then it's going to cross into Texas. Um, San Antonio and Austin are on the southern edge of the eclipse path. Fort Worth and Dallas are on the northern side of the eclipse path. And then the eclipse is going to continue through the Midwest and into the upper Northeast. However, the best conditions for this in terms of the weather forecast is throughout Mexico and secondarily in Texas and maybe uh, Oklahoma uh, in that area. And our Arkansas also will be fairly good. As it goes into the north, the chance for cloud cover increases. And, you know, I've seen four eclipses and all four of them, I've been lucky enough to have clear skies. 
you know, that's one where for me, it'd be Texas or Mexico are the best places to be. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, based on your passion, you're probably headed to Mexico. <laughs> Why no, not? No. Let's, let's, what's not to like about Mexico? Anymore? I know. I love it. I love a trip to Mexico and, uh, you know, Texas. I travel there to the DFW area for work often. So um, maybe I'll get an opportunity to see this one. So if someone's not jumping in their car to drive to see a total solar eclipse, where else could they see one? Uh, surprisingly enough, there's a number of cruise lines that uh, operate their regular schedule down from Southern California into Mexico. And uh, I'm pretty certain that several of these ships are going to be in place for the eclipse uh, off of Mazatlan in that particular area. And I'm not talking about, you know, specialty or, or uh, expedition cruise ships necessarily, but I'm talking about ships from uh, Norwegian, Princess, Holland America, Royal Caribbean. Uh, I think that these ships are going to be in the neighborhood and will have access. Um, it's uh, it, Again, there will be uh, special tour operators that will probably buy out certain ships. So this isn't uh, necessarily going to be available through normal resources, but it's worth looking into. Wow, thank you. So I imagine a travel advisor can help you with that and just ensuring you said that's April 8th. Is that April 8th, 2024? We've got to make sure we're, we've got our crews... Yep. April 8th. So you want to look at cruises that are leaving the first week of April and then look carefully at their schedule to see that they are uh, close to Mazatlan on April 8th because the captains of those ships, they know this is a special event and they, they will maneuver into a good position if they can. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that tip with us. Sure. Now, um, I was saying it's not too early to start planning. When do people normally start planning for these trips? I think it depends on how accessible it is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, there there are eclipses that have taken place in Antarctica. In fact, one was on my birthday, and I got to tell you, I really wanted to go to that one. Wow! But I didn't, though, because basically no one saw it. <laughs> um, so, uh, in something like that, if you're going someplace really remote, you want to plan not a year in advance, but years in advance. But the reality is, is there's a pretty substantial uh, infrastructure for hotels and so forth in Mazatlan. And in Durango, and certainly, you know, with so many big cities in Texas, San Antonio, Austin, Fort Worth, and Dallas are all in the path of the eclipse. And um, they, those cities may not be the ideal place to be uh, for the eclipse, but within 20, 30, 50 miles, you can be right at the center line. Um, so I don't think that there's a, there's a huge rush to, to uh, book accommodations. But if this is something that's important to you, yeah, I'd look into booking your hotel, maybe your flights. Obviously, there's lots of flights to Dallas and uh, Austin and so forth, but uh, um, it, it, it did, wouldn't hurt to be planning this some months in advance. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, what's great about this is that you can, for some of us, just get in our car and go. And and uh, with that, I think this is a, a good place for us to take a break, David. So uh, we'll be back in just a moment and hear more about traveling. And for our AAA members who are interested in jumping in the car and going, just know that AAA members enjoy exclusive rates and benefits with Hertz. Plus, you can join the Hertz Gold Plus Rewards Program to unlock even more perks and benefits. Whether it's a family road trip or weekend getaway, book and save today at AAA.com forward slash Hertz. Let's go. 
And welcome back uh, to Traveling with AAA. I'm your host, Mary Herondine, and I'm joined today by David Swanson. And we're hearing all about an opportunity to see a total solar eclipse here in the U.S. in 2024 and booking our travel there. And before we left, we were talking about um, booking that trip. Probably Dallas is uh, maybe one of the best places to go or Mexico because visibility is going to get even more challenging. Is there anything that we should know about the partial eclipses coming up in 2023? And maybe where's the best place to see those? Uh, one moment, I'm pulling open my my handy dandy cheat sheet here. <laughs> I love that you have a cheat sheet on this. It sounds like you kind of have to to, to go to the right place. Right. Um, so there's a partial eclipse coming on. Uh, oh, boy. Actually, there's nothing. There's no more partial eclipses this year. Oh, um, no. The next uh, eclipse is an annular eclipse, uh, which is not quite the same, and that's going to take place in uh, uh, October 14th of 2023. Um, that's not the same as a total eclipse. Um, the, the next eclipse following that, after the, the total one next April, is also in October of 2024, also an annular eclipse, and that'll be in South America. And then there are partial eclipses coming up in 2025, a couple of them, uh, one in Africa, Europe, and northern Russia, and another uh, in September in the South Pacific, New Zealand, and Antarctica. So uh, again, a total eclipse is something very special and unique. So we do have the one coming April 8th, 2024. The next one following that is not until August 12th of 2026. Wow. And uh, that's going to be a relatively good one if you can get there, but as an example, this one can only be seen in Greenland, Iceland, and Spain. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and the weather conditions have to be right. Now, is a partial or an annular eclipse worth traveling to? Would you recommend it? Um, I, from my own personal perspective, it is not something that I would make a special trip to. Um, certainly a partial eclipse, you, you know, those, those do transpire from time to time where you're going to get a little bit of the uh, the uh, the darkening of the skies, um, you know, wherever you live. At, at some point, you know, in, in a matter of years, it's going to happen. Um, to me, this total solar eclipse is the one that you want to travel for. All right. Do we hear that, listeners? Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it sounds like, I mean, for it to be so unique, it's probably going to be challenging to find that. Now, what is um, what are your tips for viewing it safely? You said we don't have to wear the glasses during that total solar eclipse for some During period. totality, and that's, that's when the moon has completely eclipsed the sun. Um, what you're going to see around the sun is not actually the surface of the sun, but you're going to see the solar flares and so forth ringing the moon. It's just a wonderful freak accident of nature that the moon and the distance, the size of the moon and the distance of the moon between the sun and the earth is exactly the right size to fit, to, to, to block out the sun. Not too big, not too small. Um, so once the eclipse, the actual totality starts, um, and you'll know, um, you take off the glasses and you can bask in that uh, strange glow until the, uh, the moon passes, um, starts to pass over the edge of the uh, sun and the totality ends. So the width of the shadow de determines how much time you're going to have. Um, it's all, and 
the shadow takes anywhere from two to three to four minutes to cross over you depending on where you are in the eclipse path but um, anywhere within that shadow you're going to get the totality it sounds incredible i i'm definitely you know, interested in seeing that. I, I really did enjoy your article. And um, it sounds, uh, this wasn't something that I knew that people, I mean, storm chasing I'd heard of, but not eclipse chasing. So it's really cool. And I see you've got your eclipse chasing shirt on. I know yeah. our, our listeners can't see this, but I can um, hear where we sit. Let's see. That was, you said from Idaho. Will you tell yeah. us about it? Sure. This was in uh, 2017. It was the last total eclipse that came through North America. And uh, this one, quite a few people saw it. Probably uh, more more Americans saw that eclipse probably than any other in history. Um, and it started in Oregon, crossed through Oregon into Idaho um, and down through the Midwest and off, I believe, off through South Carolina. Once again, the western edge of the eclipse path was the one where the best weather forecast was. And that's not always the case, but in this case it was. Um, and uh, I, I was uh, very fortunate to be able to take my mother. Uh, and along with my husband, we went to Idaho. And uh, I searched out a number of different places where we could see it. We stayed in Cedar Falls, uh, Idaho. And I found this place looking at a, a topographic map. Um, I'm now forgetting the name of them, but it's a pair of craters, mm -hmm. old volcanic craters to the east of uh, Craters of the Moon National Monument, a pair of volcanic craters where, which were right at the center line. Both of these, um, I believe one was BLM land and the other is privately owned. And uh, the people who owned the private one had accessed, uh, had opened the road that led up to the top of this crater couple hundred feet, maybe 300 feet above the uh, surrounding area. And in the middle of the volcano was uh, a field that they normally uh, used for crops. I think it was for corn or something like that. But the corn season had ended. Mm -hmm. And so they were using it as a parking lot. So people could park down in the center of the crater. <laughs> I mean, wow. this is an area several acres large. And, um, and then we sat up on the rim. And there were, I don't know, two or maybe 300 people up on the rim of the crater watching this event. And again, because we were at an elevated position, and this is one tip I'll pass along, being in an elevated position where you have a view of the horizon is really special because again, we could see the shadow approaching and it's just mm -hmm. a very eerie feeling. It's almost like seeing a spaceship coming at you at hundreds of miles an hour. Wow. And you said you, you were able to bring your mother with you. What was yeah. that like for her to see that? Yes. She's of limited mobility, so it was, mm -hmm. it was, uh, it was uh, n not easy getting up there, but uh, we, we did get her up there, and uh, I didn't break her. <laughs> what an amazing memory um, for you to be able to take that away, and it sounds like I can see the look on your face. You're smiling about it, thinking back on that memory. How amazing. That sounds really incredible. Now, you just gave us a tip about, you know, sitting um, above, right? Is that your single best tip for traveling to see a total eclipse of the sun or what is? That's, uh, that's one of my best tips in terms of where you want to be positioned. Um, and that's, that's something I learned quite by accident from that first eclipse that I saw. Um, and, um, I, I certainly would look towards something like that for, uh, the eclipse coming up next year. Um, some other tips I would have, uh, there's a website that I like that, uh, I think is a terrific resource for somebody who's looking for um, for uh, information on the eclipses, 
It's done by a meteorologist based in Canada. His name is Jay Anderson. And the uh, website is eclipsophile.com, and I'll spell that, E-C-L-I-P-S-O-P-H-I-L-E.com. And he does a very detailed weather forecast that explains what the cloud probability on a certain date is at any given location that you can see the eclipse. So he's a terrific resource for the weather information. And uh, if you're planning to go to someplace like Texas, uh, he can narrow it down to, you know, be on this side of the mountain range, be, you know, north of this river, whatever, to, to give you a much better handle on, on where your, your chances of seeing the eclipse are best. Um, the other website that I think is terrific uh, is the, the website by Fred Espinak, and he is now retired, but a former NASA scientist, and uh, his website is called uh, eclipsewise.com, so E-C-L-I-P-S-E-W-I-S-E.com, and he has a great deal of information about uh, uh, solar eclipses uh, down, to the, down to the second. Uh, I mean, uh, quite frankly, he's a great resource for me. Um, I, I hope I meet him at some point at an eclipse. I know he's seen more than 20 himself. Wow. Uh, he, he travels to pretty much all of them. Uh, but his, his website is a terrific resource with information on uh, what, uh, what days and places the eclipses are that are coming up for years into the future. I, I want to say even 100 years into the future. Wow. All right. Two great resources, eclipsophile.com and also it is eclipsewise.com. So thank you for sharing those and your great tips. Also, thank you for sharing your passion with us today on uh, seeing a total solar eclipse. It was great to have you. Um, Thank you again, David Swanson, for being our guest. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And thank you to our listeners for being with us. If you're planning a trip, be sure to connect with a AAA travel advisor. Check out AAA.com forward slash travel or visit your local branch. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. I'm Mary Herondine. Thank you for traveling with AAA.